0: Rutherford Issues on News Radio WGNS.
1: On today's Rutherford Issues, we're going to be talking about the Beasley Animal Foundation, and Dr. Jennifer Nunnery is uh, joining us today. She is on the uh, foundation board, and uh dr nunnery how are you
0: i'm doing well thanks how are you
1: doing good doing good um tell us a little bit about you i know that uh you you practice over at uh what family pet health right I do.
0: family pet health is my day job um yes i uh i graduated from the university of tennessee veterinary school in 2002 um, i grew up in murfreesboro practiced in uh a couple places, the longest in Pennsylvania for 11 years and moved home four years ago. And I've been part of Family Pet Health since its inception really, um, on one level or another. Um, I got involved with Beasley um, because I believe in their mission and uh, I'm proud to be a board member.
1: Well, obviously being from around here, you were pretty familiar with Beasley, I would think.
0: I knew of it. Um, I didn't know a lot about it until i moved back and i reached out to amanda oliver to um see what i could do to help and now that i have skills as a veterinarian (laughs) and uh, and she was gracious and brought me along and here i am um
1: i i think it's very interesting because we're we're just now starting in my family on this on this road but um to become a veterinarian, there's there's a lot that goes into that schooling-wise, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs>
0: yes, it is. It's a long road. Um, it's uh, four years of undergraduate, and then generally speaking, uh, most people are going to end up with four years to get all the prerequisites, and then it's four years in veterinary school. Um, some people go beyond and do some specializing, do internships and residencies. I would say most um, these days do go pretty much straight into private practice but eight years of schooling yeah
1: yeah I mean it's and it's um, not just the the coursework but To get into veterinary school. I mean, there are only a certain number of schools that offer that, and uh, it can be tough to get in, can it?
0: It can. It can, and they are looking for people who have uh, reached out into the communities to get some experience at this point, even more so than when I graduated or when I applied. Um, It is a more competitive field uh, than it was then, but it's it's a uh, it's a road worth taking if you <laughs> if you like medicine yeah. like science, uh,
1: family pet health. By the way, um, uh, you work with uh, Doctor Shirley and in the, and and a group of really amazing folks out there. I hear.
0: I do. It's been a real privilege to be part of that practice as they've grown grown in the community from from a one doctor practice to now a three doctor practice, and we do fear free medicine, which is easier on the pets and easier on the staff and we have a really special team we work well together and really care for the animals and their people um well i'm proud of what we do
1: you know i, I know um uh, several veterinarian uh friends of mine who some of them aren't the biggest animal people because they deal with it every day, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, are, are you? Do you, are you dog person, oh, cat person? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: love I love animals. I I have a dog right now, just one. Um, I have three cats. I love all all kinds of dogs and cats I'm really a big dog person if if in my personal feelings but I I love them all Um, and I got into veterinary medicine initially thinking um, I was an equine person growing up I rode horses and I really thought going into vet school that I wanted to do mixed animal practice and um, things change as, as life goes along, and, and my journey has led me to just just the dogs and cats right now, but uh, I'm, yes, I am an animal lover.
1: Well, that's awesome. I, I, I would think it would be um, one of those things, it would be hard to work in that field if you didn't love animals. Now, whether you had them yourself or not, <laughs> sure. that's one thing. But uh, a love for animals, and you mentioned a second ago. Um, you talked to Amanda Oliver about uh, Beasley Animal Foundation and, and how to give back. What What is it about the Beasley Animal Foundation for you that um, said, you know, I, I really want to participate. I want to help in their mission. What Why did What led you to that? Sure.
0: Um, so. I think that animals contribute greatly to uh, human life uh, and family life and and provide company and companionship. And um, there are studies that show that it helps with health, with blood pressure and with optimism about life and, and all of those things for the humans in their lives. And I want to take good care of those animals that are taking care of their people and sometimes there's a financial burden that is hard to bear for a lot of families and um, I don't think it should be just the privilege of, of folks who can't afford everything um, to have animals that that are well cared for and so I think Beasley fills that mission and um, to some extent I think it's a, a good place to help get some of that care taken care of um, which is very important
1: yeah uh, and we're going to Talk uh, about preventatives today and and that's important whether that is something that uh, Beasley Animal Clinic helps out with or your local veterinarian I mean uh, it's it's part of pet care and I think you know you've got kids at home and the kids say I want a puppy you know wh- what goes into that and, and mm-hmm. preventatives um, are, are those things that you have to think about because uh, you have to keep them healthy
0: yes very important um, Parasites themselves are nuisances, and they carry diseases um, that are that are a problem for the animals and the family members if we're not careful. So, so yeah, we've got <laughs> a lot to say, and Don Roberts, uh, the practice manager, did prepare some thoughts that that I've brought with me Um, and she wrote them well so maybe I just can (laughs)
1: go from there or yeah tell me a little (laughs) bit about uh about that so we're talking about uh parasites and um you know um when you go into the the veterinary office it's maybe you know like uh fleas and ticks you think of those but we're also talking about like heartworms and mm-hmm. things of that nature right yes
0: absolutely the the primary things we're worried about in this area are heartworms which is the heartworms are deadly they are spread by mosquitoes and um It's way less expensive to prevent infection with heartworms than it is to treat infection with heartworms. Um, So, we really try to encourage folks to have some heartworm prevention year-round in Tennessee. We do not have a freeze that's going to kill the mosquitoes and we, we always are at risk in Tennessee for contracting heartworm. Um, and one of the things that uh, Don wanted me to stress was, was that people do, and I find this in my practice too, people think uh, as winter is coming, as cooler temperatures are coming, oh, we don't need the preventions because the, the insects are going to die and we're not going to have those problems. Um, but the reality is um, even when I practiced in Pennsylvania, we get a 40-degree day and people would come in with ticks on their dogs. Wow. So it really it does not... Um, get anywhere near cold enough to make not using preventions a good idea Um, it's a risk at any point in the season, so
1: so um, I, I hear ringworm some too. Is that sure. I mean, what are what are the biggies that I guess we should yeah. be careful about?
0: Sure. Uh, so again, um, fleas and ticks. Fleas can cause anemia and itching, and um, ticks can cause ehrlichia, anaplasma, and Lyme disease. We're actually seeing some Lyme disease here in Tennessee that um, is kind of new. The incidence is increasing. It it didn't used to be as big a worry, but we're seeing more of that um, heartworm is a big deal Um, ringworm is actually a fungus and not a parasite and so ringworm is something that comes on the skin it's often contracted through the soil um, and it's treated in different ways and it's usually a topical kind of thing though there are some oral medications that we use but it it despite it being ringworm it's a goodness dermaphytosis or maybe something along those lines. there is a definitely a scientific name that i'm forgetting Getting, but it is a fungus and not a worm.
1: Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Learned something new today. <laughs>
0: um,
1: <laughs> so, but, but when we're talking about preventatives, mm-hmm. uh, we're also thinking about internal and external.
0: We are, yes. Um, so, flea and tick prevention um, generally is separate for, from heartworm prevention. There's one product out there, I believe, that does all three of those things. There are a few that do fleas and um, and heartworms, but none, only one that gets all three of those. And right now, I believe that's Semperica trio. Um, but it is important to have coverage for all of those things. Um, the There are collars that can be used for fleas and ticks, though you want to be very careful and talk with your vet about which collars are effective and worth spending the money on. Um, there are oral preventatives that get fleas and ticks, as well as topicals that are, again, you want to check with your vet about the safety and efficacy of the specific product that you're using. Um, There most of the heartworm prevention options are oral um, pills that we give once a month that are going to take care of preventing those heartworms and Let's see, it was <laughs> if I'm covering everything. Um, again, some of
1: those come in like a the form of a chew, and the and our dogs seem to like them. Sure, you know?
0: most of them are very tasty. Yeah. They've had lots of studies done at the you know producer because they want the dogs to take them like a treat. Um, it's really easy to give, and, and the dogs seem to look forward to it when they know it's coming. Um, so um, but there are dogs who don't like to take those things, even though they're tasty. Um, and for those, the topicals uh, will work and are really good products um, that you can find out there um, to do what we need to do.
1: I guess the moral of the story here is, though, to, uh, to make sure that um, you are on top of the uh, internal and external Preventatives that you need in terms of uh, all of the things that we've talked about. So, uh, talk with your veterinarian, call the animal, uh, Beasley Animal Clinic to get some advice. I'm sure that's uh, just. Make sure that it's one of those things that you're on top of as a pet owner.
0: Definitely, definitely. And a lot of those, you are going to need to see someone for a wellness exam to be able to get those products. The heartworm prevention specifically, um, there are prescription items. And so Beasley has wellness appointments to do that as well as you know many, many other vets in town. But um be sure to stay on top of that exam as well.
1: Awesome. We've been visiting with Dr. Jennifer Nunnery, a board member of the Beasley Animal Foundation, also a veterinarian at Family Pet Health here on Rutherford Issues today. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you back here next time.